Sabbath comes from the root word Shabbat and Shabbat means those four things, stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping. And so that is so huge in, in longevity. Uh, if we don't take time to stop and rest, we will not be able to last the long haul. I, I wonder if the reason why we have such a pandemic of depression and anxiety is because we got the extra time that we wanted in 2020. We got all this extra time to stay at home and to quote unquote rest, but we don't know how to really take a true rest. We don't know how to Sabbath. This is the Helping You Win Leadership Podcast. Our number one goal is to help you take a step, whether it's in life, leadership, or ministry. The mission is simple, to help you win. We're so glad you've joined us today. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at Helping You Win Podcast. Now, here's your host, Seth Tomboli. What's up, you guys? Hey, thank you for joining us today on the Helping You Win podcast. I've got a buddy of mine here today with me, John Brown. And uh, man, I'm just going to tell you in advance, this guy is a coach. He is a pastor. And uh, man, he has coached me from afar just through social media alone. He has influenced me in several areas, but I just want to shout him out right now with just just health, uh, period. I've been watching his health journey and he has Man, it has been so inspiring for me. Uh, we're about like 16 pounds down, John, and uh, it, it's been good. Yeah, man. And so I, I'm going to turn it over to him. He is um, an executive youth pastor at Journey Church in Wisconsin, and I'm going to have him tell you a little bit about himself, and we're going to dive into this thing. So, John, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you're at, and just about the church. You're yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, Seth. Appreciate it. Love this. and. Love what you you're bet, doing man. and helping people win. I think that's incredible. And I said it beforehand when we were talking, we have the same heartbeat. So just honored to be a part of this. And for all of you who take time to listen, um, props to you that you're growing yourself and investing into yourself, taking the time to listen to these podcasts, because uh, it's going to make you a better leader um, as a result to all the people that Seth is bringing to you, um, leaders and, uh, amongst their field across the nation. So, uh, for, so about me, my wife and I have been youth and next gen pastors at the same church. We came here right out of college in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, for the last, uh, going on 20 years. So we we're fortunate wow. and blessed to be at the same church for 20 years and, and working in uh, a, a ministry field that typically is known for its turnover, right? Um, average stay of a youth pastor yeah, yep. has been stated anywhere from one and a half to three years. And um, in some cases that might even be on the high side. So we love what we do. It's a healthy church, Kenosha, Wisconsin. You probably heard the name recently because we recently hit the map across the world. It happened with the Jacob Blake shooting, all the, the um, unrest that happened here, the civil unrest and, uh, uh, just blessed to be at a church that was strategically positioned to spring into action. Our mayor reached out to us for help on racial reconciliation conversations. Our city officials have reached out to us to help rebuild the city. We were blessed to be a part of revival meetings and downtown where all of the riots were originally taking place. The unrest was taking place. 
baptizing people on the streets that were giving their hearts to the Lord on the streets, helping Come pray on, together and, and bring reconciliation conversations to the forefront. And it was beautiful. I, I believe it was a glimpse of heaven and really, really blessed to be part of baptizing. There was a, a lady that was heckling us on the streets, very angry that we were there as we were singing and, and proclaiming the name of Jesus and praying over that park that were kind of all went outside, went down outside of our, our uh, city courthouse. And she had a megaphone and was yelling and screaming profanities at us. And uh, one of the ladies that was down there with us just went and loved on her and listened to her story for about 20 minutes mm. and led her to the Lord right there. And uh, I got somehow on, the privilege of being able to <laughs> baptize her. And uh, as I asked, wow. her, I mean, I recognized her as the, the one that was heckling us. And I said, you know, why is it that you're wanting to be baptized right here on the streets where all of that stuff had taken place and fires were happening and, and, you know, people were being shot at with rubber bullets and, you know, stuff was being blown up and it were just down the block from the car lots that got blown up. And, you know, I said, why are you wanting to be baptized? And she said, I said, what has Jesus done in your life? And she said, I, I just don't get why he would love someone like me but I'm so thankful that he does and tears, mm. just hot tears streaming down her face and dripping onto my hand. And I'm not caring about COVID in that moment. I'm just, it was one of the greatest, I right. love baptisms already, <laughs> yes. but to be a part of that moment, I, it, it was one of the greatest moments in ministry I've had in 20 years of doing ministry. So powerful. And we, we just, I want to share stories of healing and restoration because we see the news reports and we don't hear all the stories. And so I know Seth, you followed some of that, but God's up to something huge and Journey Church has gotten to be a part of that. We're a multi-site church um, in both Illinois, Wisconsin, and also in Lithuania. We have a campus in Lithuania. And so wow. currently in my role, I, for 16 years, I was the youth pastor. Now I'm kind of like the youth pastor to the youth pastors, uh, as how I describe my title. But I, yeah. I'm also a pastor to our kids' pastors yeah. and our young adult pastors. And I lead the next-gen team, zero to 30. So anything from um, early childhood and babies to all the way up to young adults, young families, young professionals. And I just lead the teams that lead those areas. So they're the real heroes. I, I just get to help pastor and lead them and encourage them, help them win, just like you're helping people do here. Yeah. And so we love it. We, wow. So that the last four years we've been in that role and it's, it's a dream, man. We love, absolutely love what we do and, and the church that we get to do it with. So. And I, I want, I'm curious, um, when did you know, when did John Brown know that he was supposed to help people win in leadership? W when did that happen for yeah. you? I, I that's a, such a great question. I did not have uh, like a leadership or ministry pedigree of any sorts. Um, I grew up in church. My parents are not pastors. They were super volunteers. We were always at the church and always serving. So in that aspect, I had great leadership from my parents and my family, but my youth pastor went to prison because he made some very poor decisions. Um, you don't just go to prison for, for, you know, telling a lie, like he made some poor decisions that we don't need to get into. So I, I didn't like, I don't have like this great grand story of all these people that believed in me. It was, I was a small town kid, a small town church. I didn't really believe in myself to tell you the truth. But on the athletic field, mm. I, you know, I had a, a certain swagger. I, God blessed me with talent and I, I loved being a leader on the field. But when I get off the field, I didn't have a lot of confidence in 
public speaking or leadership abilities. I didn't really believe in myself a ton. And so my senior year of high school, I recognized really, I, I knew it all through high school, but I was running from the calling, not running from God, but running from the calling. And uh, God spoke to me, probably the most audible voice I've ever heard um, on a way home from a mm. football practice where I was very angry at him because of some health issues I was going through and, uh, and spoke to me what I felt like in the moment was an audible voice and just said, turn it down, which was the angry music that I was blaring in my parents' minivan. And, uh, and then <laughs> the still small voice that followed of the Holy spirit of, you know, what I've called you to do and you know what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Mm. And I knew, I knew immediately, even though I'd already picked up my college and I already had my plan and it, it looked nothing like the plan that I knew God had for my life in, in ministry specifically. And so I went home and shared right. that plan with my parents and, and followed that. So that was a, a calling moment that I knew that I was called to really truly lead people spiritually. Uh, but I would say yeah. stepping into the leadership calling that God had in my life and, and pastoral calling really with confidence came when I started having some, some mentors and some leaders that God brought into my life that believed and saw things in me that I didn't see in myself and um, really started wow. calling the gold out in me in ways that I was super humbled and, and, and teary got like, I couldn't believe that people would see those things in me, you know, outside of what I could do on a football field. It was like, wow, you know, there's people that believe in me and people that see God yeah. things in me that I, I, I don't understand why they see it. But so that really was a game changer for me as, as mentors and coaches in my life that, that God sent to my life. I wasn't pursuing them. <laughs> uh, I'm thankful that he sent some mm. people into my life. And that was really a trajectory change in my life, I would say. Because um, even yeah. while I was in ministry school training to be a pastor, I didn't have a lot of confidence or believe in myself. It was, I always felt like everybody else had all of the, the leadership and all of the resources and all of the abilities. And I didn't, you know, so it's like, it's kind of like, not a woe is me, yeah. but it's just kind of like, God, I guess if you want to use me, I'll be available, but I don't feel like I have a lot to <laughs> offer, you know? Right. So, and I, that was not false yeah, humility. Yeah. It was just truly the way I, I, I guess the, my worldview. I just didn't see that I had a lot to offer. So yeah. when those people started pouring into me, it changed everything in my life and leadership and really helped me to start. Mm. I started borrowing their belief in, in me and what God saw in me. And wow. I started yeah. to, to really begin to see, Oh God, God does want to use me for some things and, and availability is part of it, but also so good, growing man. as a leader is part of it. And so that's why I love the whole yeah. heartbeat of this podcast. I appreciate that. What what would you tell the person listening to this right now, John, that feels pretty similar to that? They're like, I don't have anything to offer, um, but they picked up for some reason their phone or computer. They're listening to this and you get to speak to their heart. What would you tell the person who feels like they don't have anything yeah, to offer? That's such a great question. I That's super easy to me. I I believe that... Um, you know, that, that a lot of us, we wait for mentors to come into our life. Like I, I wasn't even waiting for it because I didn't know I needed it. But I, 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 I talked right. to a lot of young <laughs> leaders that, that they're waiting for, you know, God to speak or God to send somebody into their life uh, that's a mentor, that can be a coach. 
and we're waiting forever because I don't believe that's the way that it should be. I want to encourage young leaders or any leaders listening to this, whether you consider yourself a leader or not, if you would like to grow exponentially, that season when God sent those people into my life, I grew further faster than I had ever grown up to that point. It was an exponential, almost like I was shot out of a slingshot or launching off a trampoline in my leadership as a result of those voices. So I would just say, don't wait, pursue, pursue mentors. I tell our team this all the Mm. time. You should have three or four mentors in your life at any given time. And in a lot of times the question is, well, where do I start? Well, start with where you want to grow. If you would like to grow in your communication, then pick people that are killing it and and that you admire and respect. I mean, you've reached out to me multiple times because you want to grow in your health. So if you want to grow in your health, pick people that you see as, as for, they don't have to be like the world's greatest, but they're, they're further up down the road than yeah. you are and ask them to speak into your life and right. your leadership in that way. If you see people that have great daily habits and morning routines and, and they're really good at, at the, the daily disciplines and you want to grow in that area, ask them to be a mentor. And I would just, if, if you, if I could elaborate mm. on that a little bit, one of the ways that I would recommend doing that, you don't just march up to that person and say, Hey, will, will you be my lifelong mentor? Right. That's not, <laughs> that, that's going to scare anyone away. Um, that's a big commitment. Yeah. yeah it's kind of creepy, creepy. And you know, that's a big commitment. So the way that I recommend it is I just, I look at somebody who is, you know, I, I usually map out at the beginning of the year, several areas that I want to grow. And then I start writing names next to each of those areas of people that I think would be great voices. To, I admire and respect them. And a lot of them I, I, I follow on social media. So I see from a distance that they are, they really have those habits down or those disciplines. And so I'll just, I, I don't know them super well, but I think that they'd be a great voice. I just say, Hey, would you have 30 minutes? I just love to pick your brain on some things. I, that's all I say. I'm going to buy coffee. If it's, if it's a zoom meeting or FaceTime, I send them a Starbucks card and, uh, and, and I just value their time. And I ask them the questions and the areas that I want to grow. And if that goes really well, and I love what they have to say and we're clicking, then I ask them if I could get some more time with them. So I just say, Hey, would you be Mm -hmm. down for another call next month? You know, just 30 minutes. And, and then from that, if that goes really good again, then I ask, Hey, is there any way, uh, that I could, we could do this on a more regular basis. So you're not creeping them out. That's so you're good, not asking yeah. for the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they're busy, a lot of times we say no for people that, um, that we might want to be a mentor. We say they're, they're no for them. Don't say people's no for them. Yeah, that's great. I, I would just say, don't say someone's no for them. Just ask them for some time. If they give it, ask maybe for some more and then be respectful of their time. I also would say with, with chasing mentors, let them know how their mentorship, if they recommend a book, pick the book up and read it. If they give you some, read yeah, book. read the book. Yes. Like if they <laughs> it's so give good, you some, man. <laughs> some tips to daily disciplines, like apply them and tell them the next time you meet with them, Hey, I applied your morning routine uh, that you talked to me about. I applied it. I've been doing that for the last month and it's been phenomenal. You're showing them that you value their time and that you're applying what they're mm. teaching you. And you're showing them that for me, when someone says that it's rewarding. Now I don't feel like my time is wasted. Yeah. And then, you know, I show up on time or early. 
Um, I, I make it easy and convenient for them. I bend my schedule around their schedule. I don't expect them to bend their schedule around mine. And, um, and then I, I give them some sort of gift to show them, like, I really value the time that you're giving you, what you're giving me, what you're offering me is super valuable. And so I'm going to value it by honoring you and, and make sure you let yes. them know how it's impacting your life and your leadership. So. And, uh, and a, one of the best gifts you can give a mentor is you showing them that you listen to what they said. This is what it changed in my life. And this is what I'm doing now for someone else. That's almost the most rewarding thing in life because we know that we made a difference and that's yep. what it's about. So Come on. John, I want you to take the next like two or three minutes, man, I want to hit the hot button real quick. What are you most passionate about right yeah. now? Uh, you, you could get me going for more than three minutes on this and you probably will. <laughs> well, you get as long as you want, bro, but I want to know yeah, what you're passionate I, about right one now. One of them, I'm, I'm crazy passionate, top of the list is about longevity and ministry, um, faithfulness, playing okay. the long game, um, being faithful where you're planted, not burning out or failing out. We've seen so many pastors and leaders uh, burn out or fail out in ministry in this last season. I think it's really been foundation revealing this last year. And um, I think we're all one decision away from stupid, every single one of us. So that's not a judgment against leaders. Uh, if we're really gut level honest with ourselves, we all have areas of our life that um, hopefully the Holy spirit is working on us in, but I think it's so important. Longevity is not just for those of you who are like in ministry. I'm talking to anyone listening to this that wants to grow up as a leader. One of those keys, Sabbathing to delight and to worship that word Sabbath comes from the root word Shabbat and Shabbat means those four things, stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping. And so that is so huge in, in longevity. Uh, if we don't take time to stop and rest, we will not be able to last the long haul. I, I wonder if the reason why we have such a pandemic of depression and anxiety is because we got the extra time that we wanted in 2020. We got all this extra time to stay at home and to quote unquote rest, but we don't know how to really take a true rest. We don't know how to Sabbath. And so the reason I think, I think the we don't need to prescribe more meds and I'm not downplaying. I've struggled with depression and anxiety myself, and, and maybe we'll talk and dive a little bit into that. So I'm not speaking from a place of, of not having um, been through that, but I'm, I'm saying, I wonder probably a lot of the pandemic, I'm going to call it a pandemic. It's an epidemic amongst our society in, and especially with young people in the ages that I get to minister to. Um, I think it could be solved with us truly learning how to stop and rest and delight and to worship and to Sabbath. It's a gift from God. And yet so many don't see it as a gift and they don't do it. It's, it, it flies in the face of our culture today. So that's, that's an, a, a key. Our, our morning routines and rhythms, I think developing a morning routine is huge. And, and you could get me talking about that for a long 
Yeah, let's let's okay. take a couple minutes. Let's. What does your morning routine look like? You, I, you're you're passionate about many things, and I love that about you. So you're. I mean, you could even share with them a little bit of your health journey because I think that has probably impacted your Absolutely. daily routine as well. Yeah, so yeah. let's speak to that, and then I also want you to speak to the person who's listening to this, and they feel like I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time for fill in the yeah. blank for whatever. Um, so speak to that person. Yeah. This. Well, that this. This comes back to, and I know that's one of the questions that that uh, is on the the list for us to talk about. Uh, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to Sabbath because I did almost burn out and drop out of ministry, and I did. It was the same season that I struggled uh, deeply with depression, and that um, was undiagnosed, but there's an un, it was undoubtedly depression. Um, and, and I was very close. I had my resignation, resignation letter written. Uh, so Sabbathing would be what I would tell my younger self and then morning routines, two areas that I, so I have not had these areas in operation in my life. Uh, uh, really both of them in the last two years, and they come from a place of brokenness, Seth, they come from a place of me not doing well. And these were really gifts to me. Um, so Morning routines is, has been a, a game changer for me, uh, really in the, I would say in the last year and a half, two years and, and health, um, again, all of those coming out of brokenness, my wife and I were uh, at our heaviest weight ever about two and a half years ago. We really in ministry struggled with no margin in our lives, our schedules, we're eating out, we're eating junk. Uh, it was, it was not good. And we hit the end of our rope and we realized something needs to be done. We're leading others, but we're failing to lead ourselves. And I think that's so key. So many people want to win in life and in whatever it is that God's called them to lead in. And yet we spend so little time leading ourselves. Uh, I think it was Abe Lincoln who said, if you give me six hours to chop down a cherry tree, and I will spend the first four hours sharpening the ax. And the truth is, is that really speaks well to our leadership that we need to spend probably two thirds of our time really leading ourselves well, so that the other third of the time we can really lead others well. And that's, I know that's the heartbeat of this podcast. And so you investing into yourself in this way, pursuing mentors really helps you to grow as a leader so that you actually have something to give and you're not just blowing out hot air, right? You're not just leading out of emptiness. And so Sabbathing and morning routines were areas that I needed to get right. And, and as I got those areas right, I began to lead at higher levels because I was leading myself better. And so we, my, I lost 25 pounds in a matter of five weeks and my wife lost 90 pounds almost in a matter of seven and a half months. And it really launched us into a discovery of why did we get here? What, what led us here? We wanted to not just do the hard work. We wanted to do the heart work, Seth, of looking at how we got here. What, what were, what were some of the things underneath the surface, the roots of the issue, right? that got us here. Cause we didn't want to just do a diet and lose weight. We wanted to have lifelong habit change. And one of those things was my morning routines. 
uh, how I spent, how I start my day really determines how the rest of my day goes. For all of you listening, I'm going to say that again, how you start your day really determines how the rest of your day goes. So if you start your day with high pro- pro- productivity and with laying a really good foundation, then the rest of your day is going to be built off of a great foundation. So a book that I recommend and you can't hang out with me without me reckon about without me reckon recommending about 10 different books. Uh, so I'm sure that'll go in the show notes, but uh, the miracle morning by Hal Elrod is a phenomenal book, the miracle morning. And in that book, he outlines what he recommends as the, the master uh, template for a miracle morning for a really good morning routine. So he uses the acronym SABERS. I'll give you the Cliff's notes real quick. Um, but I still recommend okay, yeah, you reading yeah. the book. Uh, SABERS. Silence is the S. So starting off with silence and prayer, uh, I roll out of bed and roll onto my knees. And I just take time to humble myself and ask God for his help and ask him to guide and lead me. And um, I'm not spending hours on my knees, but I am starting my day with some breathing exercises and some welcoming God's peace and strength into my day, asking for wisdom, um, asking for, for his presence. I don't want to do things in my own power. I want to do things in his strength. I want to lead my family well. And so I'm asking those things in, in silence and on my knees, a place of humility. Um, and then affirmations, um, daily confessions. Uh, Craig Rochelle has some great ones. See, all you have to do is Google uh, Craig Rochelle daily confessions or affirmations. I've adopted some of those, but I've adopted plenty of my own. I have them written out. I'm constantly refining and and uh, adding to those. Um, but I also have them recorded. I use the recorder app on my phone and I, I speak them out. So I'm reading them. I'm listening to myself speak them out. So on my way to the gym, I'm actually playing those. Most days I actually play them and listen to them a couple of times on my way to the gym. And then, uh, so that's the A, silence affirmations and then B is visualization. That's actually picturing yourself doing that. So one of my things is I, I, one of my affirmations is I call out the golden people. I, I am everyone's biggest cheerleader and encourager. And so I, I don't just say that's what I am. I actually picture myself. Who are some people that need some encouragement? Who are some people that I'm actually going to, and I visualize, I picture myself encouraging them. What would I say to them if they're sitting right in front of me? I picture myself um, not just doing that, you know, intentionally, but also spontaneously that walking around the office. So I'm going to look like, so I'm looking, I'm seeing myself doing it before I'm doing it. I, I send three to five video encouragements or voice texts a day to people just that the Holy Spirit lays on my heart. And so I'm visualizing. So that's, that's, that's all my affirmations, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a good husband who invests in and serves my wife. Well, what would that, if I'm going to visualize myself doing that, I don't visualize every one of my affirmations, but I pick a couple and I visualize myself at me at my best. If I've had a phenomenal day, exercise is the E. And so I, I recommend this every day, at least 10 to 15 minutes. You don't have to go to the gym, but doing something, stretching and getting your blood flowing this is a, a part of my morning routines. And then reading, I recommend reading 10 minutes a day. Um, if you read 10 minutes a day um, or 10 pages a day, if you make that your goal, um, I, I, my goal is 10 pages a day. Um, you can read, you know, 
you, you multiply that times 365 days. So imagine how many books that is just 10 pages a day. I mean, for, for most guys, that's just your toilet time. So you just keep a book by the toilet, you know, <laughs> like you can that's do, you, anyone can do 10 pages or 10 minutes a day. And so making that a part that's of, so and good. obviously my time in the morning, that's reading the word of God, making that the first thing that I put my eyes on. And then the S is scribing, uh, journaling. I use the five minute journal app on my phone and, uh, I love it because it's all about um, things that I'm grateful for. And it's all about what do I, what am I visualizing for my day, me at my best, um, as a leader. And, um, and then I also, at the end of the day, use that same app to write out what went well and what I can do better as a leader. So it's evaluation mixed into that. And it's, it's really, truly a five minute journal. You can include pictures into that. So those are some, some pieces that I recommend, but that's a big part of my morning routine. And I'm telling you what, going this year, going into the new year, I had a couple of days where I was off my rhythm and routine just because of some things going on in our schedule. And I feel it. I don't show up the best version of me as a dad, as a husband, as a leader, as a follower of Jesus when I don't do the morning routine. But when I do it, I show up less stressed. I show up more loving. I show up more patient. I show up uh, with more energy. I show up with more passion. I don't have to manufacture that stuff. It comes out of the overflow of those times with the Lord and those times taking care of me, sharpening my axe. So I show up in a, as a much better leader in all those areas that God's called me to lead. So That's good. And hey, we're going to be giving that book away on our Instagram page. Will you say the name of that book one more time, John, for the people that won't Come be on, able yeah, to Yeah, it's win called it. The Miracle Morning. And it's by Hal, H-A-L, Elrod. And a phenomenal book that I highly recommend. Another book that I recommend along this along, along the lines of habits um, and morning routines. It's not necessarily as practical on the morning routine side, but it's called The Slight Edge. And it's a powerful book on the, the power of just doing small things every single day uh, for the rest of your life. So reading 10 minutes or 10 pages a day that stacked up over 10 years is going to turn into a wealth of knowledge, right? Because you're doing it every single day. Don't go for the home run. Just go for the small daily disciplines. So powerful books. Golly, dude, this is so good. Thank you for that. I've got two more questions for you. Uh, the first one is this, what is the best advice that you could give to someone listening right now to become a leader that is worth following? I love that question, man. I'm really big with our team and in volunteer teams and anyone I work with, with the faithfulness factor, being faithful, faithful, faithful. You, you may remember the story that Jesus told the parable of the, the servants, right? And the master went away for a time and he entrusted five talents and three talents or two, I'm sorry. And, and then one talent to his servants. And, and the ones that multiplied it, that were faithful with what they were giving and they multiplied it, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. But the one that did nothing with it was not faithful. He called him a wicked servant. And, and Jesus is telling that story to remind us that one day we will stand before the father and he will either say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to make you faithful over more, or we're going to hear that we were a wicked servant. And so I'm really just super big on the faithfulness factor, being faithful, 
Um, and I would say that that this translates in all areas of our life. Be fa- I, first, be faithful to take care of yourself. Like God gave you one life, you know, take on. care of yes. your health, take care of one. your body, yes. <laughs> take care of your morning routines. Yes. And, and you asked the question earlier, Seth, like how, uh, what would you say to someone who says that they don't have time? If you get up an hour earlier than you normally do, you will have time. You, you got to make the time for every yes. young parent. I get it. You're not getting all the rest that you want to get, but it, you want to show up better with more love and more patience and lead your family better. Then, then get to bed a little bit earlier and wake up earlier. Make the most of, most of your morning routine. Um, you're not going to get more hours in the day than anyone else, but you can use the, you can be faithful with the time that you've been given. And I've found that I manage my time better the rest of the day when I manage the first hour to two hours of my day better. So I, I just would say, be faithful with your time and be faithful with your habits and your disciplines. And then God will make you faithful over more. But maybe the reason why you don't have more right now is because you haven't been faithful with what you've been given. So so good. I, I love that. Something uh, one of my mentors just said recently this last week, he said that everybody who has a family, a, a wife, a spouse, um, and kids, this applies for anyone. It says you need to have a golden hour. And it is um, where your family gets not part of you, but they get all of you and they Come get on, the I love best that. of you. And so that is, that's zero distractions. That is phone is put down. There is no technology. Okay, that is it, it is for zero this episode. We did upload a bonus episode we've been doing yesterday. That. We've been and so if you would go and check that out, Island. it is with John and Brown. It is about 10 minutes the conversations of wisdom. That are possible and when you are uh, he talks about being faithful. You know, it's amazing. It's, it go check that out. All we this, will man. see if you, you guys good rest have good conversations with your spouse before bed don't binge watch a show and then expect to have good rest thank you again for joining us on today's episode we are so honored to help you win in life leadership and ministry find us on all social media platforms at helping you win podcast and then also man if you would go subscribe and leave us a review it would help us a ton and share it on social media we believe that we lead better when we lead together